afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. How was your Thanksgiving, Frank? It was really wonderful. It was really wonderful. We had uh, just opportunities to be with people and to do good things and to eat good food and just made conscious decisions to make the best of it all the way along the way. We and then did. we had Friendsgiving on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I saw you. You aged like 40, 50 years. Yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I have a hard time uh, marketing myself, and I need to post more on Instagram. I, I need to post more on a lot of things, and that's a, a big part of my uptick in, in work in 2024 is bringing in new marketing systems and all that. So I said, what the heck can I do right now? I said, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put... Uh, I'm just gonna put age, and that's only aged one time. So that, so that that's puts you me, when you're like fifty or sixty. Fifty or sixty? Jeez, I hope not. Seventy? That, that looks like seventies right there. Hopefully, but yeah. what I do, what we do after that is you take that picture and you age that picture, and then it gets you into the mid to late eighties, touching nineties, and it starts getting. <laughs> Really hilarious. I don't. Then we overdo it sometimes. You ever never you ever do that to yourself? Yeah, it's scary. Ha, are you sure you've ever you've done it? Yeah, I've done it. I'm sure it's very scary. Okay. Um, Kyle Serafin's in the chat. Welcome, Kyle. Welcome to the show. He'll have an article coming out today on Cover DC that everybody has to read. What's up, Kyle? We're gonna move to this clip. I, I just gotta... took a picture of Tracy. Now I'm gonna age her face. It's scary. Please don't do it, Frank. I don't care. Go ahead. Show everyone. Whatevs. <laughs> We're going to listen to this clip, though, because it reminds me of back in the day. So, you know, a, a lot of the times I get things from people like, oh, you just showed up and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I've been around advocating for the things we're about to hear in this clip for decades now. Decades, which it will show it, the age filter isn't necessary anymore. I've just aged myself. Here we go. Listen to this. Listen to Your this, Your answer Frank. is to cut both taxes. Hold on. This is the debate. I think it's in 2012, like around there, the 2012-11-12 primary season. Listen to the cackling in the background. This is Fox News. Your answer is to cut both taxes and spending. You say that you would eliminate the IRS, the CIA, the Federal Reserve, <laughs> the Department of Homeland Security, <laughs> Medicare... Uh, I know that you used to want to end the FBI. I'm not sure whether you still support that idea, sir. Perhaps you can tell us. But if you get rid of the CIA, let alone the FBI, how would President Paul have any idea, any intelligence of what our enemies, foreign and domestic, are up to? Well, you might ask a better question. Uh, before 9-11, we were spending $40 billion a year. And the FBI was producing numerous information about people being trained on airplanes to fly them but not land them. And they totally ignored them. So it's the inefficiency of the bureaucracy that is the problem. So increasing this with the Department of Homeland Security and spending more money doesn't solve the problem. Yes, we have every right in the world to know something about intelligence gathering, but we have to have intelligent people interpreting this uh, information. Yeah, they we, were trying we, to mock the man. They were trying to oh, mock the man. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what? And to his credit, still to this day, I mean, obviously, because it's all behind us now, um, John Stewart did the best defending of at least the way that Ron Paul was being treated. Uh, it, 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 it's so, 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 so um, obvious when a person stands as a threat to normal party order. What happens to them? Yeah, I, I'm going to play the rest of it because all the, the candidates on stage. <laughs> but, you know, just going uh, for increasing presidential powers, as been, been discussed, is rather disturbing to me. This whole idea that we're supposed to sacrifice liberty for security, we were advised against that. Don't we remember that when you sacrifice liberty for security, you lose both? That's what's happening in this country today. We have, we have a national ID card on our doorsteps. It's being implemented right now. We have FISA courts. We have warrantless searches. We've lost habeas corpus. We've had secret prisons around the world, and we have torture going on. That's un-American, and we need to use the power of the presidency to 
get it back in order in order to take Thank care you. of us and protect this country. Did did he say FISA courts? Hmm. Yes. Oh wow. That's something. But well, yeah, I remember. Well, that's the other thing there too. Learning about FISA for the average person learning about FISA in 2017 was pretty incredible, especially when you go back to the Nixon, the Nixon administration, and you see how, at least on the books, how seldom it was used. What the, I guess what the threshold for for use actually was, and then you just see an explosion in tapping the courts for for. Uh, surveillance and everything else so it's uh it's incredible and again these are all institutions these are programs these are these are departments and and teams that have been assembled in in the mid 20th century we've already been a we'd already been a, a, a country for 200 years it's like well without the without dhs and the tsa how can the president know when we're going to be you know all destroyed oh i don't know i don't know it's like we didn't have intelligence gathering uh <laughs> We were just sitting ducks for the first 200 years. It's it just terrible. Uh, yeah, it's gets you. Another thing I wanted to mention, um, a little off topic, but going back to the carnivore talk we had before the show actually started. Really awesome account on on X that I follow. Carnivore JT is his name. Dropped a cookbook. If you're interested in carnivore and like different recipes that you can use, so you're not just eating a slab of beef every day. I'll put the link to his cookbook. It's five bucks. It's four ninety nine. I've made his bread. It's actually really good. Carnivore bread. It's <laughs> there's something for everybody. The bread is made of meat. It it it's made of pork rinds, eggs, butter, and cheese. So there's that. Just have you ever had uh, cow testicles? No, not testicles. Have you? Yeah, just last uh, in September is first time I ate balls. Were they tasty? Uh, kind of, you know, I it was that, and it was like a it was a chili, it was an organ meat chili up at the health retreat. It went to very very good for you. <laughs> oh, it's the only reason why I said okay. Very good. I'm up here to do something new. I know all this stuff. This is just super powered food. I understand it, but you know, it's uh pretty exotic. I would, I would, I would draw the line at balls. Truthfully, I honestly, if you didn't tell me, it's uh, it, it's weird. They call it what do they call it? Rocky Mountain oysters. I have no idea. I've never uh, even explored it. <laughs> but it was, it was in there. It was mixed in with heart, beef heart, and liver. It, it, it was interesting. I'll I'll put it to you. I'll put it to you that way. I have not gone out and bought any and made it on my own since September, but it's it's one of those things, man. One I'm of those things. I'm showing the recipes on screen right now that they're they're something. You show everybody uh, the picture of of you. No, I'm not doing that. Going. Okay, no. no. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, look at that pizza. There's some good stuff here. So anyway, I'll put that in the uh, show notes today. All right. We're moving along here. We've got a bunch a bunch of stuff. So I want to talk about the vehicles first, Frank. The vehicles. Massey has been screaming for the past couple weeks about this kill switch bill that the feds want to mandate for cars. Um, buried inside the infrastructure legislation was a dangerous provision to go into effect in five years. Um, it's supposed to be a benign tool to help prevent drunk driving. But the measure will mandate that automobile manufacturers build into every car what amounts to a vehicle kill switch. Um, it's true. This is separate from the breathalyzer uh, thing that we read about months ago, where some people said that it would be a good thing to make make somebody you know blow into essentially a built-in breathalyzer before the car can be activated. No, um, this is pass. It, it is passively and actively uh, monitoring the performance of a driver and then preventing or limiting the operation of a motor vehicle if that performance is not up to their whatever their standard is right and it's 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 bad that's first of all you have a right to travel wherever you want uh safe from the prying eyes of the government determining whether or not you're a good driver regardless of the situation but it gets even worse than that. The NTSB put out a press release 
in the beginning of the, well, the middle of the month on, on the 14th. A deadly crash in North Las Vegas highlights the need for intelligent speed assistance technology. Highlights the need. A deadly car crash. It's the latest it, in a long line of tragedies they've investigated where speeding and impairment led to catastrophe. In a long line. So what they want to do is they want to implement a basically use the car's camera system to monitor the speed on the roadways and then make it so you cannot drive over the speed limit posted. They want car manufacturers to implement this to stop the car from being able to drive over a certain amount. So they 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 want you to be able to drive into certain zones and if the t the top speed is 65 miles an hour there is some sort of a signal that is sent to the car and now a a sort of governor kicks in yeah. and that you're not you see you see again here are stu stupid people a stupid person would think this is a great idea and that it just makes sense a devious person would know that there is tons of reasons why you would go above and beyond a uh, a a speed limit in life even when it says that you shouldn't, we all know that there are tons of situations where bending the rules and getting out of someplace faster than you need to is necessary sometimes. Well, emergencies, and, getting people to the hospital, all kinds of different things like that. Absolutely. And then absolutely. I don't think they're thinking about any, any of the real implications of this. First of all, a lot of the times when cops pull over actual criminals, it's because they're speeding. That's number one. Number two, the revenue that it brings to towns and cities around the country for speeding tickets is like off the chain. That's why they have like red light cameras now everywhere. I just have to say, if I had to drive up to New York last week and not be able to do above the posted speed limit, I would have I would have hung myself. Okay. If I am going on a uh, if I'm going on a, a road trip that is longer than an hour, I the average is eighty. Yep. Okay, and and it's you know it, it, it that's just I'm not, nothing crazy. I use cruise control a lot, but if I when I drive down to South Carolina or something like that, the average is eighty. Just be just from a a distance, you know, just a traveling standpoint. Psychologically, first of all, it's a stable stable speed. You're not doing eighty bobbing, bobbing and weaving out of cars, but you know, I just I like going more than a mile a minute. It makes the you can't do it. Yeah, it's can you can you imagine being on a local road? Would this kick into local roads, too? Yes, every can road you imagine having, it having an emergency, Tracy, and taking back roads to a local hospital and you're not allowed to go uh, uh, higher oh. than 20 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's so there's that that's one encroachment into our into our liberty yet again. And then over the over the weekend, we had. This whole big thing about the Biden administration and the $16 Happy Meal photo or $16 Big Mac meal photo, I mean. So somebody posted a photo on social media showing that their Big Mac meal at McDonald's cost them $16. And it went viral because everybody is complaining about how expensive things are and how bad inflation is all over social media. And buried in this WAPO article is the line that the Biden administration is very worried about this disinformation that's out there about inflation. And so they're working hand in hand with social media companies because this is dangerous and it paints Biden in an incorrect light and they cannot risk losing the 2024 election. Is a Happy Meal really 16 bucks? It, was a, it wasn't a Happy I said Happy Meal by accident. It was a Big Mac, but it was actually a novelty Big Mac, apparently. It was a, a double... I'm wrong. It was said it was a Big Mac. It was a double quarter pounder BLT with fries and a Sprite. Still, that's $16? $16 for that trash. Now, meanwhile, people are crapping all over me for having a steak at 18 bucks a pound. Like. Steak saying. actually comes out to, you actually, if you eat carnivore, you actually start saving money. You do. I save you a lot save of money. money. Save money. You're concentrating on densely, nutrient-dense foods, and you're buying you're buying so much less of the stuff that works against you and really pads the the receipt. I'm only eating once a day too, so it's like Yeah. Anyway, no. 
people 16, don't get it. 16 bucks for this sh- garbage. 16 bucks for this garbage. Um, And so what that tells me is that they're still doing what the Missouri v. Biden case is supposed to bar them from doing absent the stay. They're not they're not barred from doing it or absent the injunction, I mean. So the, the temporary injunction that the Supreme Court stayed indefinitely would prevent the Biden administration from going after people on social media for censorship or whatever else they're doing to, to temper this, quote, narrative that food's expensive, that they're very concerned about. So it's food, abortion, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the COVID pandemic, the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, the Ukraine war, um, what else? Oh, anything having to do with gender ideology. You can't really talk about anything without the government talking to the social media companies to tell them that you shouldn't be able to talk about it. Yeah. Now it's food prices. Mm-hmm. When does it end? Uh, with you being killed. Pretty much. Pretty much. They, yeah, they want they want dissenters dead or imprisoned. This is how it, and it, it's not hyperbole. This is how it always happens. Some places are easy to get to the end game quicker than others. We had a little bit, we have to, you know, they had to do an end around with us because the way our government is constructed here. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. You know, it, it's, it's just, it, when you talk, you're talking about uh, speeding tickets before. Yeah. When you talk about government intervention and escalation of force, a parking ticket could lead to death if you just, continue to resist the system uh you know you don't pay the parking ticket you don't answer to the summons you resist the arrest when the award when the warrant is is granted it, it, it's just it's escalation of force sometimes it happens quicker than others we live in a reply guy world and dunking on people including the president is what's going to get even more engagement and more engagement equals more money. So they're going to go after your money if you're a person on social media saying things they don't like. I've been a victim of this. Yes, I'm calling myself a victim because it's true. It's terrible. Some economists think these kinds of comments are not just wrong but dangerous, Frank. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Don't talk about how much your grocery bill is or how much a fast food meal is. It's dangerous unbelievable unbelievable um and that moves on to the next topic of the day sperry has a piece out on this newsguard have you heard of newsguard no it's an agency that was set up to police information and say whether it's biased or false news or fake news or whatever and it's used by a lot of people including tim pool i was told this morning that's insane to me. Um, but Uncovered DC's reporting has been um, highlighted by NewsGuard. The reporting we did on the uh, efficacy of ivermectin and other COVID treatments has been destroyed by NewsGuard. So we, we are supposedly something like far-right, extreme, conservative, something or others at Uncovered DC, whatever that means. Um, but a couple things about them. This is all coming out. They are taxpayer-funded. So again, it fits right into the Missouri v. Biden bucket. They, there is, social media platforms are using what NewsGuard says, similar to fact-checking, to make decisions on what they should, what people, corporations, should be running ads on. So if NewsGuard puts its brand on you with its scarlet letter, then you could never monetize yourself um, you know, as an organization because none of the advertisers that go to NewsGuard, like Tim Pool, would put their ads on you because you're not NewsGuard certified. You know who is NewsGuard certified? Who? All the fake news outlets that we don't we don't read. You you're kidding. I know it's surprising. I know it is. You're kidding. I know. So, Steve Brill, who is the CEO of quote misinformation monitor NewsGuard, which is blacklisting right-leaning news sites to scare off advertisers, called Hunter's Laptop Story Russian, uh, a Russian hoax and um, hired Michael Hayden as well. Also, also, um, I, have, I have another one. The guy who owns 
Here. Raising conflict of interest flags, records show the father of top NewsGuard official Matt Skabinski, who polices, quote, anti-vaccine misinformation uh, in the media, is a top executive for COVID vax maker Pfizer. NewsGuard has blacklisted news outlets for criticizing the Pfizer vax. So that that's that's all above board, right? It's It's just crazy how some people could. I mean, it goes beyond news, too. It's just that there are creators. There are people who go out and they have an idea and they are curious and they want to dig into that and experiment and develop something, uh, write something, investigate something. And then you have those who are just gatekeepers that just say, nope, not allowed. Nope, stop this. Nope. They, they just are there to stop everything in its tracks. They're just the worst type of hallway monitors. They don't contribute to anything it's just, can you imagine being that guy and getting paid just to shut people up while they're out there doing work? No, no. So a, a bunch of free speech groups have stood up and called on Congress to block the funding to NewsGuard. It is illegal for the government to do this. They can't use another vehicle to do that which they cannot do themselves. It is completely unconstitutional. It is the basis of the entire Heinz versus Stamos lawsuit that we talked about where they're suing these outside groups. It's the entire basis of Missouri v. Biden. You cannot do this. The government cannot do this. Under the NDAA, the government is funding this group NewsGuard. Under the NDAA. Just think about that for a second. So they write a letter. Our federal government never should have spent time and taxpayer money on censoring conservatives. Fortunately, the NDAA uh, passed by the House contains a provision to right this wrong. We write to strongly urge you to keep Section 1532 of the House bill, which prohibits funding for the blacklisting of news sources based on their political views. They're thinking about getting rid of it, I guess. Um, NewsGuard repeatedly scored liberal sites in the 90 plus range while giving an absurd average rating of 66 to conservative sites. The other one is GDI. 750,000 from the Department of Defense. 750,000 sounds like nothing just compared to what they they spend but when you really think about how much it is i it's a lot of money i i could do a lot with that i i want to be fair here um we had a user in the chat share why tim pool uses newsguard it's a, it's a youtube clip mm -hmm. and i want to play it so that we are not misrepresenting why tim pool uses um newsguard Oops, bear with me a second. So I'm going to pull it up real quick so that we're not, uh, let's see if, if what his reasoning is here. It's 13 minutes long. I can't play it 13 minutes. Let's see what we, what we get out of this. Mm. Let's talk about the manipulation of information from the government. We learned recently, I mean, we, ca we actually kind of knew this, that the U.S. government had been colluding with researchers at university on something called the EIP, the Election Integrity Partnership, that targeted many prominent individuals with suppression of their speech in violation of our First Amendment rights. And I say our because I was a target as well. On my Wikipedia page, it actually says that I was labeled a super spreader of misinformation. They never actually explained what that was. And I believe one of the uh, things they, they stated a long time ago was that I retweeted somebody. I think I remember something came up and they were like, you are a super spreader. And I was like, what happened? They're like, you retweeted Jack Posobiec. And I was like, and what, what does that mean? Well, you spread soup misinformation <laughs> and a super spreader because I got a lot of tweets. And I'm like, one time, one thing. But it is rather vague. You also are aware that I use something called NewsGuard. Why? Well, the logic is fairly obvious. NewsGuard rates websites with trust, determining whether or not you can believe what the news uh, outlet says. OK, so here's my position. I started using NewsGuard because it's their bias metric. Apparently, they've received funding from the government and uh, now are trying to determine who is telling the truth and who is not. The uh, uh, NewsGuard has lied about Timcast and misrepresented what we do. Same it's actually here. quite fascinating that they do this, but, you know, they do. And uh, for this reason, they're worthy of uh, criticism. But the issue now is that anybody who's basically anti-establishment, critical of vaccines, critical of, of Democrats is often labeled dangerous fake news. And thus, there is a lawsuit from Consortium News against NewsGuard. 
which I will read, which is absolutely uh, fascinating. So I'm getting he's basically using it as a gotcha kind of to protect himself. I don't know. I can't listen to 13 minutes. Um, I, I'm going to say he's noble in his use of NewsGuard right now. That's what I'm going to say. I'm surprised that th- that NewsGuard, I don't even know what the hell it is, until now, would actually accept someone they've already deemed um, in violation. Oh, of- they don't care who pays them. <laughs> you can pay them if you're in violation and you're a dangerous. Yes. We'll whip you into shape. We'll help you. We'll help you realize the error of your ways. Just pay us. Well, I stand I stand corrected on my initial assumption about why Tim Pool uses NewsGuard, and I'm glad to have gotten that information. Um, the whole what, re- was your, what was your initial assumption? I don't know. I just thought that he was using it to make sure, like, if he's using it and only trusting what NewsGuard says so that that's the stuff he's putting out. I don't watch Tim Pool. I don't, I don't watch his show, so I don't know. But if he was using NewsGuard to judge the truth or falsity of something, that's just to me. So mm. he's not. That's what yeah. I thought. Nah. Um, okay. The reason for all of this is so that they can demonetize you, Frank, so that you don't get ad revenue, so that you're out of business. You don't get to, you know, put ads on your website. You can't function in the the economy today as a, as a news organization if you are not certified. And... There is a tangled web, the same way they laundered information in and out of the Spygate saga through the intelligence community using the media. The intelligence community would leak to the media. The media would report it. Then the intelligence community in Congress would use what was leaked to the media in order to justify the things that the FBI, CIA, et cetera, were already doing. This same thing happens with media matters. So as you may know, Elon Musk filed a suit against media matters because NewsGuard has also used this whole Media Matters thing to talk about why um, Twitter is so bad, X is so bad. What? Where is X putting ads? Let's demonetize the free speech platform X. Let's make it so that no corporate advertisers will use X because they're anti-Semitic and they're allowing anti-Semitic posts to go up and your ads, uh, you know, whoever, GM, are being placed underneath these anti-Semitic posts, therefore making your brand tainted by what the person said. The only problem is that Media Matters fabricated that entire experience on their own. They created, I covered this the other day, um, I did a thread on the lawsuit. Basically what they did was create an account, manipulate the algorithm to bypass the safeguards that X have put in place. And so they followed certain accounts that were fringe accounts and only those accounts. Mm. And then they um, then they basically refreshed the screen over and over, refreshed the timeline for that content. And inevitably, when you only follow those certain accounts and X is serving ads, eventually the ads that X serves will be placed somewhere on that page if that's all you're following. And and so they saw like something like, oh, what does it say here? 13 and 15 times more ads per hour than normal people do. And then it finally got one or two instances where that ad would randomly be placed in a timeline next to the post. So it's not in the comments underneath. It's just in the user's timeline. So if you're only following 30 fringe anti-Semitic accounts and then you're manipulating the platform, it starts serving ads in your timeline like it's supposed to do. And they just happen to land in between two accounts that you know already when you follow them are going to be saying vile shit then you can claim that X is serving ads underneath anti-Semitic content, create this whole hubbub, etc. They so they they went and figured all that out just so they can create the um create the image or the insinuation that X is is dealing directly uh with funding so-called anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist content. Correct. The only people who saw the ads placed next to the posts were Media Matters. 
out of the 500 million monthly users, the only people who saw it was Media Matters. No one else on the platform saw that exact Which thing. Which is fine, because all they needed was a screenshot so that they can embed it in one of their articles. Correct. They specifically <laughs> created an account designed specifically to evade the normal workings of the XAD revenue model and then they write their piece and then they send it to the advertisers and then the advertisers say oh we can't advertise on x anymore they're showing our ads on anti-semitic stuff and then NewsGuard picks it up and writes a piece about how bad x is and nobody should advertise there and nobody should be monetized you see the vicious cycle of how it goes again imagine being people whose only job is to is to be out there and doing this while other people did do, do I, mean, I mean you you can be rocking on your front porch whittling away a piece of wood into a uh into the shape of an elephant and you'd be more worthy of accolades and more worthy of any kind of appreciation than media matters and what they have uh they have they have set out to do oh my gosh so just to that clarify too frank they also followed the advertisers. So they followed the advertisers and the accounts. So that's all their Twitter experience was, you see, was these big companies who they like because the algorithm says, oh, well, if they're following NBC Universal, they must really like them. So let's serve them ads for NBC Universal. And then the fringe anti Semitic accounts, fringe, that they wanted, that they knew were tweeting vile crap. And then, of course, and then they, they just refresh the page 100,000 times. And then, of course, the algorithm that runs X is going to eventually be like, oh, okay, it's time to give them some ads. Just terrible. So I threaded that. We'll be following this lawsuit, Media Matters. If you've never read Cheryl Atkinson's book, she does an amazing, I forget which, what the name of it is off the top of my head, but I read it. She does an amazing job of breaking down the money and Media Matters. Just amazing. So there's that, but not to be outdone. <laughs> Moderna inversionism on uh, X. Moderna is spying on you on social media. They have a team of like 40,000 people who are out there, who are out there looking for vaccine misinformation to combat they want to be in your comment section telling you how stupid you are. A crack team. Yeah. A crack team. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the thing that I want everybody to understand is even though all of this is happening, Frank, they are losing so badly. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. They're trying so hard, but it's not working. So I'll put this in the... Uh, in the show notes, there's so much going on right now in terms of all of this truth and falsity, but it, it gets worse. Do you remember like two years ago, the 77th Brigade from the UK during COVID was accused of spying on politicians who were anti-vaccine mandate, anti-lockdown? I don't remember that story in particular, but it's it's so similar to other ones that uh, not surprised either. Well, they denied it, of course, and they said we'd never do something like that. That's absolutely ridiculous but now there's documentary evidence that the um uk mod 77th brigade brigade monitored british politicians under the guise of countering disinformation if they quote questioned government decision making Ooh, yeah can't can't question mommy and daddy that's a that's like breaking a commandment the British Army previously claimed that the brigade do not and have never conducted any kind of action against British citizens and that all work is internationally focused. Does that sound familiar? That's what happens here. They say, oh, no, we're looking at foreign disinformation. The documents show that troops in the 77th Brigade were deployed to analyze the public mood on behalf of the government rather than focusing on hostile states and organized influence operations. These findings are the latest in a string of Big Brother Watch revelations that show how so-called anti-disinformation units across Whitehall and the military were used to monitor domestic political dissent and opposition. Tremendous. Tremendous. I, I love, how, I, I, again, the uh, the concentration on foreign 
We just want to make sure that no bad information from the outside the country comes in. Because that would be, that would be. We, we don't want disinformation from Canada getting here. That would be horrible. Only. That would be horrible. Because, you know, you know, if we, we happen to just put something out there on a domestic media front that is not exactly true. Whoops. You know, whoopsie. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, but we could we can we need to have a very, very strong firewall from foreign disinformation because that would be just catastrophic. Absolutely. They compiled dossier dossiers on public figures such as ex-minister David Davis, who questioned the modeling behind alarming death toll predictions and the mail on Sunday columnist Peter Hitchens and then reported their dissenting views back to number 10. Listen. They were right, but even if they weren't, this is a, a global thing. And guess the UK government has renamed its counter disinformation unit to the, quote, National Security Online Information Team amid allegations of suppressing free speech. Just name it differently. Like, we'll just rename the Disinformation Governance Board the Foreign Influence Task Force. And then everything will be fine. For the average person, it would. Oh, only because they, they're not paying attention one way or another. And nothing like a name change to spiff something up. That's just all it is. In okay, hey, listen. I, I, how can you say that Antifa's the bad guys? They're literally anti-fascists. <laughs> Here, let me read some of this. The government has renamed its counter disinformation unit to the National Security Online Information Team amid allegations of suppressing speech. In July, the government defended its CDU, addressing concerns that labeled it as an Orwellian-sounding and suspicious organization by asserting that it does not monitor individuals or make referrals to social media companies. Bull. -y. The original CDU was an initiative established to combat the spread of false or misleading information, particularly on digital platforms and social media. It was set up to safeguard the public from the harmful effects of perceived misinformation, especially during COVID-19. <laughs> now, told you we were busy, Frank. I know. My next thing is this. I just want to touch on this. I wasn't even going to cover it today, but it just reminded me of there's do you see this new stuff coming out of china the, as far as there being a a new virus bacteria oh it's bacteria now i saw that the who said that nothing out there is novel or new yeah so there, there were you know there were reports of many 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 apparently allegedly sort of maybe children getting sick with a pneumonia and having to be on IV and a bunch of AI generated photos that flooded social media. And then everybody was like, oh my God, there's another pandemic coming. And I was like, hmm, something's not right about this. And honestly, what it turns out is they've been quarantined for so long. You go back out into the world. Apparently this is the, it's, it's a back to, it's a bacterial pneumonia that is usually um, procured when your immune system is suppressed by something else, RSV, H1N1, influenza A, something like that. Um, this will not be a, quote, pandemic. If anybody starts telling you that it will be a, quote, pandemic, definitely put up your alarm bells and red flags and just wait. Because there's something, there's definitely something funky about how it's being handled. However, I think this is just merely a case of either exaggerated numbers or if everybody really is sick, immunosuppressed, damaged people getting pneumonia. Which many of us are not. And this is bacterial in nature as opposed to viral. Yes. Yeah, I saw headlines. I know, I didn't even click. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, and especially I saw it because over the course of a couple of days, I saw the, the headlines it just evolve. Oh, okay, there's something that's popping up in china and then they say and then i saw the who headline and then what are we gonna do nothing I don't, maybe i'll go to the wellness company and buy one of those uh winter winter uh, medical chests that um 
that Dr. McCullough is selling at this point. You see the, you see the, uh, like the. My sister sent me a link to that just completely randomly. And she didn't even know like who they were. She just was like, look at this. This is pretty cool. I was thinking about it. What's in it? He said, hey. Oh, I mean, it, it's all different types of, I think there's a certain type of steroid. There is, there is, I think, uh, a combination of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. There is antibiotics. I think a Z pack. I mean, I, hold on, hold on a second. <clears throat> I I saved it. I put it aside because I saw it on Zero Hedge a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know what? It was called. Oh, hold on. They really took it down. Why the hell did they take it down? Maybe because it's hard to get. You need a prescription for that stuff. Well, it's telemedicine. It's oh. all doctors. Um, damn. It was the headline was called. The headline was called "Before the Next Crisis Hits: Prepare with a Medical Emergency Kit, Including Ivermectin and Z-Pack." It was on Zero Hedge, but it's all the wellness. It's all Doctor McCullough. So now I have to go try to find an end around to 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 look at what he was preparing here. But yeah, he was just. Um, there are some. There are some uh, health companies out there now that are just trying to get people prepped for whatever the hell they may throw at us next. Um, I don't know. I, I, I had a clip this morning that I, you know what? I'm just going to here. I just came across this clip when I was. No, that's not it. Can't find it now. There was a clip of a doctor talking uh, in front of a group of people about the survival rate on um, on um, myocarditis, and it's depending on how you have it. If it's detectable myocarditis, it's it's fifty percent of people pass within five years, and seventy five percent of people pass within ten, which it's terrifying to think about when you're moving forward. Um, hmm. Yeah, I know. Because we're not that far removed from all this stuff. We're only two years two years removed from the rollout. So, yeah. Really? Oh, here, here, here's the wellness company, Media Medical. I went to their site. It comes with, and, and this is all, I guess, adjusted for the individual who's getting it prescribed to them. Amoxicillin, it's it's generic augmentin, uh, azithromycin, doxycycline, uh, metronidazole. Never heard of what that. What is that? I guess that that would be a. The zoles are what? That that is antifungal. I don't know. What is, <laughs> Wish I could ivermectin. Uh, let's see here. Generic Zofran, one emergency medication guidebook. Um. Generic Bactrim. There's a lot. That's good. Lot. I would like to have one of those. You need one for every person. I think so. I think one kit is for every person. How much is that? It it, it looks like it's around three hundred dollars, and it says for members it's about two fifty. If you're a member of the wellness company. Hmm. I don't know. The only reason why I bring this up is because we're talking about China going into the winter and i remember that this was popping up in um zero hedge articles all over the place so i'll just i'll just uh star this instead um it's it's the food too frank bloomberg came out with a, a column the most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat in a new plan for food's climate transition mm -hmm. will be told by whom We'll be told. What are we in the Hunger Games? What the fuck is this? We'll be told by the owners. The we'll owners. Yeah. They own you. The people who put us on the 2030 uh, track. The world's most developed nations will be told. Will be told. Just that line right there should make everybody go, wait, what? Like, think about that. I know that it's, we all know this, but that's not the point. Not everybody does. The world's most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat 
as a part of the first comprehensive plan to bring the global agri-food industry in line with the Paris Climate Agreement. The Global Food Systems Roadmap to 1.5C is expected to be published by the UN Food and Agricultural Organization during the COP28 summit next month. Nations that overconsume meat will be advised to limit their intake while developing countries where underconsumption of meat adds to a prevalent nutrition challenge. Wait, 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 wait. Are they saying that meat has nutrition? Well, there always comes down to whether it is about dietary restrictions that they want to impose or migrant quotas that they want to keep raising and raising to the detriment of the safety of every city on earth is that we have been living too well and that we do not deserve to expect to live in safe neighborhoods around people we recognize and know and grew up with. We do not deserve to eat what we want, even if we are middle to lower middle class to lower class. We, we, we do not deserve to eat what we, if there, there are people on the planet that are eating literal dirt, then we should be okay with adopting that lifestyle as well. We should be brought down to the lowest common denominator that, that this is always what they are are pitching us when they talk about deindustrialization and um and the whittling away at any kind of standard of living that we had in the west that's really all it is that we've been living too good for too long and that we need to start rethinking what we deserve from farm to fork food systems account for a third of global greenhouse gas emissions and much of that footprint is linked to livestock farming a major source of methane deforestation and biodiversity loss although non-binding the fao's plan is expected to inform policy and investment decisions and give a push to the food industry's climate transition which has lagged over other sectors in commitments the guidance on meat is intended to send a clear message to governments, but politicians and richer nations typically shy away from policies aimed at influencing consumer behavior, especially where it involves cutting consumption of everyday items. Livestock is politically sensitive, but we need to deal with sensitive issues to solve the problem. The average American consumes about 127 kilograms of meat a year, compared with seven in Nigeria and three in the Democratic Republic of Congo, as per Frank's uh, example. See? See? Why should we live better than the people in the Congo? What, what, what are we, privileged? They can plan for the transition. This roadmap is needed to bring clarity to both companies and investors so they can plan for the transition. What effing transition? Hmm? Gosh. Just prison gosh. planet. Just prison planet, just like Alex Jones said, huh? It's a prison planet. That's what they're trying to build up. We can end with this masterful clip of Thomas Massey from a few years ago uh, talking about this very topic of climate change with John Kerry in a hearing. Are you ready for this? It's really yeah. damn good. Here we go. Mr. Farmer himself, Thomas Massey. Isn't it true you have a science degree from Yale? What's that? Bachelor of Arts degree. Is it a political science degree? Yes, political science. So how do you get a Bachelor regret. of Arts in a science well, it's liberal arts education and degree. It's a bachelor. Okay, so it's not really science. So I think it's somewhat appropriate that somebody with a pseudoscience degree is here pushing pseudoscience in front of our committee today. Let's get back to the science of it. But it's not science. You're not quoting science. I, I, well, you're the science expert. You got the political science degree. Look, let me ask you this. What's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About 406, 406 today. Okay, 406. Are you aware... 350 that... being the level that scientists have said is dangerous. Okay, are you aware... 350 is dangerous, wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over 1,000 parts per million? Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's... Um, let me just share with you that... We now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today. The reason you chose 800,000 years ago is because for 
200 million years before that it was greater than, the, than it is today. And I'm going to say for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. Oh, we didn't wait, have wait, seven wait. billion. There weren't human beings and it was higher. Um, oh, well, that's interesting. Hold on. People so how did it get to what? Very interesting. Yeah. 2000 parts per million if we humans weren't here. Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth, which spewed did up. Did geology stop when we got on the planet? Mr. Chairman, I, I, this is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. I agree. Yeah. You're right. It's not a serious conversation. You are literally a child with an 80-year-old melted candle wax face <laughs> who is, uh, is just really just spinning your wheels in mud here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was a very news-heavy show today. But- Indeed. I mean, there's a ton of stuff going on. They're just trying to shut you up because we're we're winning. Winning. Isn't that how it's said? <laughs> winning. Wait, who was that? Was that Vince Vaughn? Charlie. Charlie Sheen. That's right. Charlie right. Sheen. How dare Adonis. I? Adonis blood. How dare I? The tiger blood. Adonis. I remember, man, that, that, was, that was a trip. That was. And that's when things were so much simpler, Frank. That was a trip. That you, I mean, that's what. That's when you wake up every morning. You're like, "What did Charlie Sheen do today?" That was. That was definitely something. Well, that's it for today. Everything will be in the show notes that we talked about today. If you guys want to read up on it more, you have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at two thirty Eastern Time on TuneIn. Uh, Stitcher's out of business. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Stitcher. <laughs> Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on Rumble, Getter, or on X. And also, Frank is Monday through Friday at 7 on Rumble. And and what is the other place you're going? Oh, it's Aurora. Oh, oh, she's got her, oh, and she's got her Santa hat on. Hi, Aurora. You want to say hi to Tracy? Hi. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> here. What 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 you say? What's the other? Oh, you know it, it, the the better the best thing just. So Rumble seven o'clock for Frank every Monday Wednesday. Quite frankly, oh. dot, quite frankly dot TV is the best. Uh, that's just how you know you're gonna get a you're gonna get everything all at once. That's <laughs> the best thing. Just it's easiest. She just said that she's making. What are you making? Tell Tracy what you just made. Um, ice cream, fish, and 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 there's. And it's Blue Monster. Oh. Okay, so she made ice cream and fish, and what she's probably saying is Cookie Monster ice cream. That's the blue ice cream. Yeah. Okay. Yummy. That's all for that's all for breakfast, everybody. So have your ice cream and fish. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Aurora. We, don't don't miss the side of beans Tuesday and Thursday too. We got some good stuff coming up this week, and uh, we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>